feel that last time we didn't fully exhaust the topic of B-movies and lazy sequels. Therefore, welcome to our lazy sequel. And in Spence, podcast raiders, the cradle of chat. We yes. need to address some of the things that we've we mentioned in our prequel, I suppose you could <laughs> call it. Is it a prequel or is it original? Well, that's, is episode two of Star Wars the sequel to a prequel? Or is it a prequel? It could even be the prequel to a sequel. It's the sequel to a prequel to a sequel to a prequel. I read an article today that said this year was the year of the threequel. They can't just make up words like that. Star Wars Episode Four was the original. It depends on how you look at things, I suppose. Do you class it as Star Wars or do you class it as Episode Four? Uh, I class it as Episode Four, but it was the original film. And it wasn't originally called Episode 4. No, but it always had Episode 4. Am I right in thinking that the first... No, for the first year of its release, it was just called Star Wars. And oh. then um, and then when they found out they were going to make um, a sequel, they renamed it. See, I don't know if that's a clever marketing thing right from the start. As soon as you start something and call it Episode 4, people will already be wanting to know what's happened before. Yeah. Well, I think that's genius. If 30 years before he makes episode 3, he makes episode 4, and 30 years later people are still interested in knowing what happens in episode 3. Even though they probably knew for a long time, through speculation at least. Yeah. It's, uh, it's genius. Anyway, but I think my point was, even though it's the original, if it's designed as the fourth of a saga of six, does that not make it a sequel? Technically, I would have to agree with you. But I think you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who would say that Episode 4 is a sequel to Episode 3. Maybe there's no such thing as a sequel or a prequel when it comes to sagas. It's just an episode. It's like if it's, you know, if you pick up a novel that has a beginning, a middle and an end. Yeah. Then the middle and the end aren't sequels to the beginning, are they? If it's designed no. as one ultimately long story. I think that's where, it, that's where you come into a sequel to me, is when you've had a standalone film and it has another standalone film that is a follow-on from it, then that's a sequel. There are exceptions to the rule, i.e. every Bond film is a standalone film, but it's not a sequel to the previous Bond film. It's just another Bond film. Yeah. Apart from the next one, which, which will be the first ever direct sequel. Yeah. That brings you back to the saga. Does a sequel have to be continuing the story? Or does it just have to contain the same characters in the same universe? Because the Bond films, the stories aren't there, but the characters are. So you've already, you're sort of discounting from calling it a sequel because there isn't a direct story follow-on. But then again, we're also discounting the Star Wars films as being sequel prequels because there is such a direct story follow-on. Yeah, so I think that annoys me, that the fact that in the modern day, everything has to be a trilogy, which is what we said last time. Yeah, that's probably quite right, actually. And which would clarify the fact that this really is a lazy sequel. <laughs> We're even referencing the same plot points as the previous episode, <laughs> or prequel, or prequel sequel. Episode 4 of season 3 of 24. What? 24 is brilliant. I've never watched an episode. Should I? Is it good? It's got Elisha Cuthbert in it, hasn't it? First few series have. That's two, two times we've mentioned that she's the new Bond. We can't get through one without mentioning Elisha Cuthbert. mentioned the last month as well. Yeah. It's worth, it's one of those things that you don't need to see it from the beginning, but if you do, you invest in the characters more. Right, okay. So in theory, you could start watching it at day six, and it won't give you any advantage to have seen the other ones, but you'll have a better idea of their motivations. Yeah. 
in some ways, just starting at one of the later series might make them more enjoyable for you than if you'd gone through the whole rigmarole and watched everything from start to finish, because it does follow a very strict formula. After a couple of series, you very soon start to understand exactly what might happen plot-wise, especially with the main characters. I haven't enjoyed the most recent series as much as the earlier ones, because I kind of start to guess what might happen with each episode. Every episode ends on a cliffhanger, so you're kind of fairly predictable. I imagine the format it gets quite stifling after a period, though, of only having 24 hours in which to do something. There's only a limited amount of things that can actually happen, surely. <laughs> you say that, but you want to watch it. It's It gets more and more unrealistic as the series go on. Because the limits of what could be done in that time frame expand. I'd love to know what the the fictional geography of LA is, according to 24 World. Because no matter where you are in LA, you can get to another part of LA within 10 minutes. Really? That's impressive. Whatever. Have they got access to choppers? Yeah. Possibly. Yeah. I don't know how big LA is. Even in traffic, though, I mean... No matter, You've got to get to the chopper. Any character can get to any other character within 10 minutes, it seems. Sometimes within the space of an ad break. Really? Yeah. Do the ad breaks fill into the time of the hour? Uh, Each episode's yes. an hour, isn't it? Yes, they do. So if you were to watch it without an ad break, it would actually be about a 40 minute day. Although for some strange reason, they never put the ad breaks in the right places. Well, they sometimes do, but periodically a clock comes up on screen, so it tells you how far through the episode you are, how far through the hour. And then and then it'll just cut to a new scene and it'll show you a clock again and the clock's a bit further on. And in theory, an ad break should go in at that point, but it doesn't. It waits for the next one. And then they have a longer ad break. Would you rather have one longer ad break than several short ones? Mm, probably. I think it's the nature of the fact it's an American show that's been broadcast in Britain and we do our ad breaks yeah, differently over here. Different, isn't it? We yeah. don't have one every seven minutes. Or no. Something. Hmm. But anyway, let's get back to these questions that we need to answer from the uh, from episode one. Go for it. Um, not episode one of the podcast. Episode one of this trilogy. Is it a trilogy? Well, we can turn it into a trilogy. I, don't, I think that'll be stretching it a little bit. <laughs> and then we'll have to see where it goes. Yeah. See where if it's green lit. Soldiers of Wow! Casino Royale. We asserted that there were a lot of directors, and it turns out there were at least five credited, plus a lot of people who worked on the film uncredited. So that's a minimum of five directors on a film from, what, late 50s? Uh, 60s. Because there was a, another version, wasn't there, with Barry Nelson in the role? That's the original. That was a TV one. film, yeah. yeah in the 50s. Okay, but even so, for I think that's a lot for that time. You know, we've uh, surpassed Alicia Cuthbert in the... Uh, Comment stakes again now by referencing Bond. Bond. That's good. I don't want her to get too big for her boots. Or her bra. Yeah. And the David Neven street reaction. Roy Opal, I think his name was, streaked behind him while he's presenting at an Oscar ceremony. Yep, quite right. Straight past him, Todger out and everything. David Niven kept his cool. He's a professional. Was a professional. And didn't he say that man's shown us his shortcomings? I think he did. And then it was Elizabeth Taylor who was presenting afterwards, said she was quite nervous. And uh, thrown off guard by... I can't imagine Elizabeth Taylor, a woman who's had 700 husbands, <laughs> being put off by the sight of a penis. <laughs> you thought you'd get used to it, bless her. Maybe that's why she kept divorcing them, because she never saw one. Maybe it's because she was continually nervous. Maybe they were. I don't want to get into the ins and outs of Elizabeth Taylor's love life. Literally. Oh, that would be disgusting. Not when she was a younger woman. She was pretty pretty attractive, I think. I, 
I think in her cat on a hot tin roof days, she was a fox. Was that would have, would have killed the cat on the hot tin roof. Wasn't that Marilyn Monroe? No. What? Elizabeth Taylor was in cat on a hot on a hot tin roof. Yeah, that was Marilyn Monroe. No, it was. It was. Sure I've it. seen it. It's got um, Paul Newman in it. I'm sure I've always been under the impression that it was a Marilyn Monroe film. Having never seen it, it's just one of those things I've always worked under the impression. I've got it on DVD. Fair enough. Well, uh, I'll, I'll put it Do up. Do I mean Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Are you sure you're thinking of that? Cat um, on a Hot Tin Roof's based on a play, isn't it? Yeah. It's that, then. Are you thinking of, what's it, Fiddler on the Roof? No. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with him. What was that, Topol? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is he the one who's in um, Fiora Only? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is his real name Topol? No, he's like one of those Brazilian footballers. Ronaldinho Topol. Kaka on the hot tin roof. That would stink. Also, action films. There's a type of action film that I class as a B-movie. The kind of action movie that doesn't mind just being a no-brainer. And quite often they're straight to video nowadays. I'm thinking of Steven Seagal and Chuck Norris as two examples of actors. I think... But the fact that they have to almost put the title of quite a poor actor as the main selling point for the film, prior to the name of the film, says a lot. With the exception of Under Siege, which was a big film. At the time. At the time. All his other films now are Steven Seagal, whatever, Half Past Dead. What a rubbish title for a film. What does it mean? Nothing. Something else he did. Exit Wounds, although that's probably quite good. I've heard that's not bad, so maybe not the best choice. But even so, straight to video. I'm sure it was straight to video. I think if I were an actor, I'd like to be the type of actor that really didn't care about how good my acting ability was. Just the fact that I'm working. I'd like to not, you know, not just be a cashier, but think if I'm getting paid to pretend to be someone else, I may as well be a no-brainer action hero or a gross-out comedy expert. Yeah. Is it more fun to play Hamlet or to play an ex-special services man who's now a drunk but has got one last great mission in him? Which would you say? The latter. Yeah. But then it depends on the type of actor you are. Do you want to be an actor and tread the boards and that sort of thing? And want, if you want to win an Oscar, then you're going to go. You want to be that sort of actor. Eugene Levy. He will take the money and run, presumably down the naked mile. He will do anything, won't he? Have you seen the American Pie straight to videos? I've not. I've only the last one I saw was the wedding, and I was massively disappointed. But the others have only got. Eugene Levy. No, didn't Bandcamp have the Shermanator in it? And Stifler's brother. Oh, is it the same actor? That's something I'd like to know. Is it the same actor who played Stifler's brother? I think so. He's just a bit older. Or they replaced him? I think it's him. Okay. I'm not going to ledger it because I'm not that interested no. in a minor character. No. Do you think American Pie was the new Porky's? I never saw Porky's, but it was one of those films that when I was growing up, all the boys have seen Porky's. I've seen Porky's. What is it called Porky's for? I can't remember. It's just sort of a frat comedy, isn't it? I think it's set in a school. Oh, oh I, was, I was under the impression it was like a college film. Oh, he might, he might be. He might be right. But that's another sort of genre of the sort of, uh, or not quite boo movie, but the boo, frat... Boo movie. The, boob movie. Boob. The frat college film. Yeah. You know, it's, everything takes place on campus. I once saw a film. Now, this was uh, a B movie. It was called... I think it was called Big Guy on Campus, but it also went by the name of Quasimodo Goes to College. <laughs> and it was Quasimodo 
goes to an American college and inevitably gets the girl for some reason because he's great at American football or something. And that was the joke. The joke was he went to Notre Dame. Ah. Oh. So a whole B movie centred around one pun. Yeah. And I think he lived in the bell tower of the college, like Old Hall or something. Have you seen Old School? Yeah. You know the guy that is the dean of the college? Yes. He's one of those actors that appears in quite a lot of stuff, but has never really been a headline actor. I've seen him in a film, a, a, a campus film, that was absolutely appalling, and I can't even remember the title of it. Is that the bloke who was, he was in Ellen? Yes. Was he Ellen's cousin? Yes. And he's also in Gross Point Blank. In his old schoolmate. Yes. Do you know what the character's name in Ellen? No. Spencer. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Hey. There's two of you. <laughs> one fictional, <laughs> one you. I could be a figment of your imagination. You could be. That would be really disappointing. It'd be like a fight club. No, it wouldn't. Well, you'd be podcast club. No, I'm not. I, you can't talk about it. That would make a very boring podcast. <laughs> First rule about podcasts is you can't talk about it. Mm, it's not going to really work, is it? Oh, let's pack up then, that's okay. fine. Oh, yeah. I do love those sort of films, though. The sort of films, that, and they're always on at, like, Channel 4 at 2 in the morning. And um, there is something endearing about them. I think you need them, because if you don't have them, you never learn to identify a good film. No, you can't just sit and watch the top 10 movies of all time. In an evening, I wouldn't want to watch Citizen Kane, Crouching Target, Hidden Dragon, Crash, I don't know, Gorillas in the Mist, One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Romance in the Stone, Godfather. I'm, I'm just reading off my DVD collection now. <laughs> I can only say Romance in the Stone. <laughs> not in the top ten. Is movie. Romance in the Stone a B-movie? Because it's basically a cheap rip-off of Indiana Jones. Yeah, but it's got a big name in it. Fair news. And by the time you got to the Jewel of the Nile, is it Jewel of the Nile or Jewel, Jewel in the Nile? I think it's Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, it is Jewel of the Nile. Yeah, Jewel in the Nile would be ridiculous. For like the bloke would be just sitting in the river. Getting attacked by a crocodile. I, I thought it was about a female pop star that just didn't want to admit she was a pop star. Really? Jewel in denial. I'm thinking, I was thinking of Jem. She's the one who did the uh, Celebrity Love Island theme too, didn't she? Did she? Yeah, she's the one, isn't she? She uh, she also did a Kylie Minogue rip-off video. Yep, that's the one I'm thinking of, Jem. The Welsh Dido. Yeah. But twice as bland. Ooh, that, is that possible? Yeah, that's the point, actually. Can you multiply blandness? By its very nature, it's middle of the road. How can you become even more middle of the road? I think Dido is a small child who refers to herself in the third person. In all her songs, she refers to Dido wanting a wee-wee. <laughs> or Dido falling in love. She's got chubby cheeks of a small child. I just think, bless her little chubby cheeks. <laughs> Dido want a wee-wee. <laughs> Dido want a big, big... Are they not the lyrics? Dido wants a thank you. All right. Well, that was probably, thank you. Mummy, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Jewel of the Nile? Yeah, it's rubbish. It's got... But it, it's what Billy Ocean was made for. Now, did Billy Ocean do the music for Romance in the Stone or Jewel of the Nile? Jewel of the Nile. Was it? Okay, it's the worst one. Romance in the Stone's not bad. The only thing I can remember of Jewel of the Nile is don't they get almost imprisoned in a kind of desert palace? Yeah. 
and then that's it. Pretty much. And then the rest of it's trying to get out. The Sheik comes and talks to... Oh, what's her name as an actress? Kathleen Turner. But what... Sorry, what's the character's name? Oh, I can't remember. Anyway, the, he says, can you come and write about my palace or some, some weak excuse? And then he basically kidnaps her and he wants her to write a report saying so-and-so's regime is great. And that's it. Michael Douglas happens to turn up and save her. And it's far too convenient. Everything's real. And, and what's Danny DeVito doing there again? I think he is. he hears about the Jewel of the Nile, assumes it's Jewel. Sorry for if I'm blowing the plot for anyone here, but the Jewel of the Nile is a man. You play... <laughs> You've had plenty of time to get around to watching it if you wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So Imagine he, if you've got that sat on your Sky Plus waiting. You've had, if you've had Sky Plus since about 1988, then I'm, I'm very impressed. They do repeat movies, you know. No, they don't, do they? But the stereotyping of Arabs in the Arabic world in that film is absolutely horrendous. Each one has got like a big, thick, bushy tash. Going back to um, lazy sequels yep. and action sequels in general, Rambo 3... I saw that the other day. At the end of it, it has this caption that comes up and it says, dedicated to the glorious people of Afghanistan. Or something. <laughs> it's just an indicator of the change in values in America. So, I suppose at the time, Russia would have been invading Afghanistan, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I imagine the Russians are the main enemy in that film. Yeah. Terrible, isn't it? It just shows you, never put anything in writing that can nail you. <laughs> or at least edit it off the end for future public showing. But the uh, that's another one, isn't it? Inconsistent naming. Rambo series. What is it? Is it the Rambo series? Is it the First Blood series? Wait, What's the series? Well, the news one's going to be called John Rambo. So it's the incredibly inconsistent one. So it starts as First Blood, and then the second one is First Blood 2, colon, Rambo. Or is it Rambo, colon, First Blood 2? No, I'm not sure. doesn't really matter, though, either way. Either way, it's wrong. And then the third one is Rambo 3, which surely should be First Blood 3, Rambo 2, if anything. Will Andy and Spence be able to keep this increasingly self-indulgent subject going for an unnecessary third instalment? Download next month's podcast to find out. (laughs) 